Welcome to It's Your Community with Vanessa Denha, a public affairs presentation of News Talk 760 WJR. Good morning. Welcome to It's Your Community. I'm Vanessa Denha Garmo here with Epiphany Communications and Coaching. Good news to report Italy abolishes COVID 19 greenhouse pass requirements for entering hotels, museums, bars, and much more. This is all good news for travel. And to talk with us about traveling to Italy is Teresa Tamio. She's an award-winning author, talk show host, speaker, and she is the founder of Tease Italy uh, Premier Pilgrimages. Teresa, how are you, dear sister? I'm great, V. Happy spring. Happy spring. And this is all good news. You know, it it was wonderful to hear you talk about in your own radio show, the fact that there were no lines in Italy, but and that's great. But we do want people to begin to travel again and help the travel industry and enjoy these wonderful places like Italy. Yeah, and I and I think it's it's really good news for people who um, you know chose because that's that's how they felt about it not to be vaccinated. And there's a lot of reasons um, why people you know uh, maybe did or didn't get vaccinated, but it's a personal decision. And for those people who felt you know for various health reasons that they didn't want to do this and they were cautious, now everything is open. Thanks be to God. Uh, what what's happening is just in May first. Actually, when I was over there and I just got back last week, it's been my one, two, three, my fourth time since COVID that I have been to Italy. They dropped. Um, the requirements for vaccination and boosters and all you need to get in now into Italy is a either a proof of uh, coronavirus recovery uh, be a test, a negative test, or um, obviously if you're vaccinated to bring your vaccination card, but you no longer need to be vaccinated or boosted, but have to have some sort of proof that you're not obviously infected um, with the illness. So this means that it's wide open and it also means that you need to get to Italy sooner than later because when we were there last week because things were really starting to open up uh it was very very busy i mean it's not at pre-covid levels yet but it was pretty busy v it was it was back to to getting pretty crowded again yeah uh, yeah and so but it, it's good and, and you know that's also a good sign that which helps the economy helps travel uh helps all these places t as you know because you travel so much that these places that are dependent on tourism you know, I heard a very interesting statistic. We were there, we led a pilgrimage in March, as you know, with 40 people. Uh, that was our first pilgrimage since COVID and it had been delayed for two years. And on the way back to the airport, on the way home back to Metro Detroit, our driver told us, listen to this statistic, 4,000 restaurants and bars in Rome alone closed permanently because of COVID. 4,000. Whoa. Whoa, and that's just in Rome. Right, just we in know, Rome. We I mean, think about that. Michigan. Think about the, the ripple effect of all those people wow, that are impacted wow. by that. Because we know in the state of Michigan, and we've talked about this on your show, there was a, a thousand uh, restaurants in Michigan. I mean, you're talking just Rome. Right, right. That Wow. Well, yeah, we're, so, but we things pray are for those. And we pray for to... those businesses that they can... Um, you know, open up again, maybe one day. And it's good to hear things are picking up. Pray that Teresa, that this never happens again. Well, I, I think also that we've realized that we've gone through this and hopefully we've learned a lot from, and I think uh, this is a whole nother discussion, but I think yeah. certain politicians are going to try to make it an election issue to try to scare people. But I think people are, are smart enough to realize, look, we have to take precautions. We have to yeah. understand that this is a legitimate thing, but just like any other illness, we don't shut the world down because of it. Yeah, 
exactly. Teresa Tamio, we're talking to here. She has Tees Italy premier pilgrimages. T, tell us how you got into this. You're you're a nationally known talk show host, internationally known talk show host, award winning author, award winning journalist. You're uh, you travel the world, uh, speaking events. How did you get into Tees Italy pilgrimage pilgrimages? It's it's funny. I, I Deacon Dom and I first went. My husband and I first went to Italy. I think just over 20, 22 years ago, and we fell in love with it for a number of reasons. Our heritage, as you know, we're both one hundred percent Italian, and and we always wanted to go to Italy to trace our roots. And so we went on our very first trip, and the minute we landed, we just felt so comfortable. We we just felt like we belonged. There was an instant connection. Obviously because of our faith, but it was even deeper than that. There was, there was just something in our blood mm-hmm. that gave us a connection to this country. And then as we started to tour on this pilgrimage, it was so, so beautiful. And we just enjoyed it so much. And we kept coming back and I kept learning. And then I would go and I would cover things, for example, for um, my show, my Catholic talk show host. And I would learn about a particular saint or I would learn about you know Rome or I would learn more about a particular city. And I just realized that, wow, I have a lot of knowledge about Italy. And this is something that maybe people can benefit from. So people started writing me through my show and started asking me all kinds of questions about what they should do. And my friend, John Hale at Corporate Travel said, you've got so much knowledge now after so many trips, you should put together a website and help people do consultations. And that's what I do now. Well, it's awesome, T. And uh, T, I'm just going to have you, I asked you to move a little bit away from the mic. It's getting a little hot, but um, uh, I wanted okay. to ask you, T, uh, she, she's, she's so familiar with this audio technology being a broadcaster for uh, 40 years now, T, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move away from the window because someone is, uh, this is technology, someone is mowing their lawn outside, so obviously it doesn't sound very good. <laughs> So I'm gonna I get it. I get move it. away from the window here. Yeah, it's all, all, right, it's all here good. Go. This is real stuff, people. You're like sitting with me and Teresa, right? In our own in our own homes. So Tease Italy Premier Pilgrimage. Uh, tell us about the pilgrimage you have coming up. I mean, what's going on now that things are opening up? Where are you going uh next? Well, we, as I said, our last pilgrimage was throughout Italy. We started up in, in uh, Milan and went all the way down to San Giovanni Rotondo, which is very south in the area of Puglia, the heel. This time it's going to be more uh, localized and more regional. It's going to be a very nice laid back trip, but we're still going to be doing a lot and seeing a lot. We're calling it La Dolce Fide, the sweetness of faith in the footprints of St. Peter and also of St. Francis because we're going to be staying in Assisi. We're going to be staying in the beautiful town of Orvieto where a Eucharistic miracle took place. And even if folks aren't so religious, that is a gorgeous old Etruscan town on the top of a hill. It's just, I mean, to say it's breathtaking is the biggest understatement going. It has great wine bars and and historic places to see and beautiful cathedrals and even have a whole underground area that you can visit where they have tunnels underground. And it's just it's fascinating history. And then we're also going to go to the city of the Popes, which is known as the city is known as Viterbo. And that's uh, less than an hour north of Rome. It's such a beautiful like medieval city, St. Thomas Aquinas spoke there. You can actually see the pulpit where he spoke in one of the little piazzas. And it's such a pretty place. And that's where they had the first papal conclave. So we'll see Assisi. We'll say two nights in Assisi. We'll see this gorgeous town of Viterbo, which is very different. We're also going to go to a very historical area with these amazing ruins of Toscana, 
at another location for uh, Etruscan ruins. And then we're going to spend, as I said, a good chunk of it in Orvieto and then go to Rome as well. So you get a flavor of everything. There's dinners included, there's wine tastings, and just a really unique experience. Deacon Dom and I, we were in Italy most recently, the last week or so, we toured these different places to kind of get a flavor for what we'd be seeing. And we're calling this the Tease Italy Premier Pilgrimage because it really is. It's the first one since I launched Tease Italy, which I launched in 2019, right before COVID. So the pilgrimage that we did in March was something that was scheduled a few years ago, even before I started Tease Italy. It's over you know, three years in, in the coming for that pilgrimage. But the one we're doing in November is our premier pilgrimage for Tease Italy. It's going to be a blast. So T, I, how do people find out more and register for this premier pilgrimage that you're doing? They can uh, go to travelitalyexpert.com. And it has the information there, or they can go to my own page at teresatomio.com and just scroll down to the event section. It's right there. You'll see on the top of the bar, it says events and scroll down and you'll see the pilgrimage or they can call corporate travel in Deer, uh, Dearborn in, um, yeah, in uh, Northfield, Michigan, actually at 313-565-8888. So corporate travel, 313-565-8888. This is in early November a perfect time of year to go. It's not crowded. It's not high season. And the weather is great. A little bit cool. You need a light jacket, maybe a sweater at night, but still able to eat outside and so pretty. It's still kind of fall. But you get the flavor of like early Christmas. They start decorating. Great time to be in Italy. Yeah. I, my husband and I, as you know, Ron and I went to Italy in the fall. Uh, you recommended the cruise, by the way, and it was to the Mediterranean and Italy in the fall was just gorgeous. We loved yeah. it. So mm-hmm. T, you've been to Italy so many times. Um, you now you have a your you have a consulting company, Tease Italy. What are some of the biggest mistakes people make when they venture to travel to Italy without being consulted and how to do that? I think the biggest mistake people make is there's two things, two big things. The first one is that they they try to do too much in too short a period of time. So they say, oh, I'm going to go to Italy for a week and I'm going to go to Venice, Florham, Rome, Assisi. I'm going to go down to Sicily. I'm going to go over to Puglia. Oh, and then I'm going to go to the Amalfi Coast. I'm going to do that too. It's like, that's not happening because you'll never fit it all in. And number two, you'll need a vacation from your vacation when you get home. So trying to do too much in too little a time. And then the other thing is people say, well, I don't want to do a tour. I want to go on my own. They have this idea that they're going to be stuck on a bus or something and won't be able to to see anything else. But just the opposite is true. If you're doing a tour with a pilgrimage as we do, everything is organized. So it's it's pretty just brainless. You get up in the morning, you have your cappuccino, you get on the bus, you're taken to the places, you have top guides who know the areas. If you're just going to show up in Italy and go into St. Peter's after you wait you know, in line to go through security, you're not going to know what you're looking at. You may understand that you're looking at the Pieta. You may understand that you're looking at the Baldacchino. You may understand when the church was built, a little bit of history, but you're not going to get all the understanding, the deep understanding, and what went into this amazing structure. And so if you don't have a tour, you're just going to be standing there looking at these buildings and saying, Oh, that's really nice. And the other thing is, if you're not on an organized tour, now that the crowds are picking up, as we just mentioned, you're going to be standing in line for hours because the organized tours always get in first. Yeah, exactly. That's a great point. And you're right. And I can't, I don't, I wouldn't trust myself to try to do a tour in a place like Italy that I'm not familiar with. 
You know what I mean? You need to. Yeah, like, you can't it do it. It's just too much yeah. information. There, there's just so much depth and beauty to the history. And you learn so much. And it's so encouraging and enlightening when you go and you hear the stories of these sculptures and these builders and these uh, you know, people who walked in the footprints of the saints. It's it's phenomenal. You learn so much about the art, about the history, about the nature. And, and to go there without a decent guide, you're just wasting your time and your money. Yeah. So T, in terms of your consulting, how does that work? Do, is this something you do on the phone, on Zoom, or you spend an hour, two hours with people? How does that work for people it's, listening? It, it's really easy. They just go to travelillyexpert.com and there's a, a questionnaire on the homepage. You fill out the questionnaire when you want to go, how, how much time you want to spend there, what's your area, is there a special occasion, you want to stay in a hotel, you want to stay in a B&B, what are you looking for? I have you know several questions. And then you send me the questionnaire and we send you an invoice and uh, there's an hour long conversation, uh, which is phone conversation. And then at the end of the conversation, within a few days, my team sends you a very detailed, personalized itinerary with hotels, restaurants, tours, tease tips, language suggestions. Usually the documents are anywhere from 20 to 50 pages, depending on how many cities you're visiting. They're like little books that you can print up or keep on your phone and download and have with you every single day of your trip. So it's just a phone call. And we spend an hour in conversation. Some people decide that they want to split it. They want to do the first half to talk about their itinerary. Then when they get the document, they want to call me back for Q&A after that, which is fine. So you can split up the hour in two sections if you want where you can do it the whole uh, first phone call that we make, but I've had great response. And the last month I've had at least um, seven or eight consultations. Things are really starting to pick up. That's good. That's all good news. And we're talking with Teresa Tamio here on It's Your Community. Tease Italy. She has a premier pilgrimage coming up uh, in Italy. So T, as I mentioned, you've been all over Italy over the last 20 years. How many visits have you made to Italy over the last 20 some years? Um, it's at least 60 now, close to 60, because if you think about it, for example, in this past year alone, I've been there four times. It'll be, and I've got two other trips coming up, possibly three this year. And then it got to the point where I was doing at least one pilgrimage. And then I was going one or two pilgrimages a year. And then I was going over for work-related events, for example, Vatican conferences or covering the canonization of a particular saint, whether it was uh, Mother Teresa or John Paul II or or another event, another Vatican uh, meeting or whatnot. And so I always would add time onto every single trip so I could see another area. So in the past 20 plus years, it's it's been close to, if not more than 60 visits to Italy. Wow. So T, do you have a favorite location? Do you have like your favorite spot that you and, and Dig and Dominic like to go to? Yeah. I'm, I, if, if I had to pick, I'd probably say there's um, my top three. First would be the Amalfi Coast and the little town of Priano which is south of Positano and north of Amalfi. Everybody loves to go to Positano and Amalfi, which is fine. But if you want the real flavor of the coast, the Amalfi coast, you want to go to the smaller towns. And this little town of Priano is just like you walked into heaven. You expect to see St. Peter because it's so beautiful. (laughs) It's just crazy. So that would be my numero uno. That's a very um, special place for us. And then also what we love is we love Rome. I mean, Rome is just Rome and, and the area of Trastevere, which means along the Tiber, which is an old area of Rome that has just little quaint little cobblestone streets and shops and wine bars and little beautiful churches that date back, you know, century after century after century ago. So Rome is up there, but also one of my new favorites, V, is really turning out to be the region of Umbria between mm-hmm. Tuscany and Lazio. Lazio is where Rome is, but Umbria 
doesn't get the attention it deserves. If you were to drop people, one person in Tuscany, one person in Umbria, and you put blindfolds on them and you took them off, you would ask the person in Umbria, where are you? They would say Tuscany because it looks so much like Tuscany. But wow. Tuscany gets all the attention. Now, Tuscany is gorgeous because you have Florence and you have San Gimiano and you have uh, Siena and all these amazing places and you know the wine country, Chianti and everything else. But Umbria is just off the charts. I mean, you have a CC, you have Orvieto, you have so many great wines coming out of, uh, of Umbria as well. And it looks exactly like Tuscany because of the rolling hills. And so what I like about it is there's really small, quaint medieval towns, but they have everything. They have the four and five star hotels, they have the restaurants, and every town has its own uniqueness. It's, it's just a beautiful place. So I'd have to say I'd start with Priano and the Amalfi Coast. I love Rome, but then I think Umbria is right up there too. That's awesome. Teresa Thomas, who we're talking to, and T, for people who've never been to Italy, it, you know, you mentioned Rome. Is that a must? Like, if they've never been, does Rome have to be on that itinerary? I would say yes, because it's, you know, it, it has so much and you really get the flavor of all of the, the history in Italy. It's a massively large city, but there's so many, so many cool things to see. And what I love about Rome is that there's all these little areas, you know, I just mentioned Tristevere. There's all these little areas where you can get away and feel like you're not actually in the city. They have a lot of parks. They have a lot of gardens. They have uh, the forum. They have little places where you can go and hide away and have a romantic lunch in this antique restaurant where there's some column or some cave that dates back to the Etruscan time. It's just a very unique place. And then, of course, you have the Colosseum and you have the major basilicas, St. Peter's. And there, there's just an enormous amount of things to see and do in Rome that are just phenomenal. You have all the different hills of Rome. You have the fountains, Piazza Navona, the Pantheon. So I would say, yes, Rome is a must. Someone, they, If it's your first time to Italy, you have to see Rome. So, T, you mentioned that you and Deacon Dom are both full Italian, 100 percent Italian. Do you both come from the same region or what region do you guys come? What's your, what is your um, we have uh, the Camp Campania, which is where uh, Naples and the Amalfi Coast, that area along the, the Mediterranean. Um, my my grandfather is from a little town in Campania and Dom's mother is from an area in that section as well. But other than that, Dom's father comes from the Adriatic coast in the region of Abruzzo. And my father comes from way south in Calabria. So it's kind of a mixture, but on one side of the family, we do have a, a similar background that would be in the Naples area in Campania. Have, if, do you guys have, have you visited your family towns, your family heritage where you're from? Yes. Yes, uh -huh. I did. I went through a couple of years ago, I went through ancestor ancestry.com and I had all the information. I had to do a, a, a school project years ago, B, when I was in, I think a eighth grade at Catholic school. And I had to uh -huh. sit down and get my, my heritage and all my grandparents were still alive at that point. Uh -huh. And I pretty much knew the areas where they were, uh -huh. Uh -huh. but I wanted to make sure. So I sat down, I got all the details and then I kept that information and I had the names. And then my aunts on my mother's side had a lot of information as well. And so what I did is I contacted people through ancestry.com. I found a cousin of a cousin who knew a guy. <laughs> <laughs> who knew a guy in the little town where my uh, mother's mother was from. And that's in Anzi, 
mm -hmm. uh, in Potenza, which is is way south. Like if you're on the Amalfi Coast and you go about two hours inland, there's a region of Basilicata. So okay. there's this little town of Anzi. I swear everything is up. Nobody, nothing goes down. Everything is steps going up. It's this little mountain town right outside of a larger city called Potenza. And then, as I said, my parents, um, my father's parents are from Reggio Calabria. And then my mother's father is from Campania in this little mountain town north, south of Naples. So we've been to all the areas of my heritage and we actually spent the night in the little town of Anzi, they took me to the house where my great-grandfather was born. Oh. There's a street in the town that has my uh, grandmother's maiden name on it, Giorgio. Mm -hmm. We went to, um, let's see where else. Oh, the church where my great-grandparents were married. And then I went to the little town of Cicidale in the Naples area, a little bit up in the mountains above Naples, where my grandfather, my mother's father was from. And then I've been to Reggio Calabria from my father's side. So yeah, I've been to all the areas of my heritage. That's awesome. That's exciting to see the place where your great grandparents were married, to see the street name after your grandmother's family. That's awesome. Yeah, what a, what it really great... makes you feel connected. It really does. Mm -hmm. Now, you don't have to be Italian to enjoy Italy. I have to say I'm not Italian, but I have loved Italy. I've been there twice. I'm going back again. I'm very excited about it. T, so um, we're talking with Teresa Tamio, uh, T's Italy premier pilgrimage do you have a an idea of how many people you plan to take on this pilgrimage are you capping it out or yes i think people really appreciate this we're keeping it relatively small we're shooting for um 25 to 30 people so there'll be lots of room on the on the bus and it won't be super crowded and it's very nice when you go into restaurants because you have a nice group of people and what what people um really should understand is the beautiful friendships that are formed on these trips because you get together with people of like mind many people are interested in faith everybody's interested in art and culture and you bond and you end up making friends on this last trip that we did in march within the second day people are exchanging phone numbers and finding out oh my gosh you don't live that far from my son or my daughter let's get together and you know they wanted to know if we could exchange emails and send out the email list of the manifest so it's it's a really nice sized group 30 to 40 people is a good size you don't want to get into two three buses i've done pilgrimages at one point with two or three buses for special events for example the shroud of turn which you really can't avoid because it's such a special yeah. thing but this one is going to be a uh, very nice because you get to see all kinds of great stuff, but then you're going to kind of see Italy in the, off the beaten path. And you're going to see these beautiful historic towns in the Lazio region in Umbria. You're going to Assisi. You're spending two nights in Assisi and three nights in the Etruscan town of Orvieto and spending nights in these hill towns is a whole different experience. Lots of people do day trips to Orvieto and Assisi because they're not that far from Rome, but it's a whole different experience. Let me, I guess the analogy I would use is from Michigan or the Midwest, we know very that we're very familiar with beautiful Mackinac Island, right? Yeah. Lots of people go during the day and they, they take their little horse and buggy rides, they ride their bikes, they get their fudge, they get back on the boats and they go home. But when you stay on the island, there's this peace and there's yeah. this beauty that you experience and the water yeah. at night and the boats going by and the and and the uh, Mighty Mac lit up, you know, with the lights and everything yeah. looking out from the Grand Hotel or from Mission Point, watching the boats come in, it's a whole different experience. Well, imagine that you're in the Italian countryside and you're in a gorgeous city like Assisi home of St. Francis, or in Orvieto, where there's this magnificent cathedral, and there's all these winding streets and wine bars, and the streets are lit up with lanterns, and there's um, music playing, and you can go for a little bite, or your Aperol spritz, and, you know, people are walking, and, and you know, it's, it's just 
a whole different experience. It's romantic, it's beautiful, it's peaceful. And you're in the middle again of the Italian countryside at night. Yeah, that's gorgeous. What a great analogy. We could, I could totally relate to that, T. Yeah. What a great analogy. So I wanted to ask you too, are, you know, we're shopping girls. Are there time to shop, buy things, downtime, and these pilgrimages too? Well, V, you know me. So do you think I built in <laughs> shopping time? I'm sure you did. <laughs> I'm sure you did. That's why I had to ask. <laughs> well, it's funny you should mention that because that's a really, really good point. Because the thing is about Italy is you can buy, now you can spend a ton of money, okay? You can go and you can get your Prada, you can get your Gucci, you know, your Ferragamo, whatever you want, but you don't really need to do that. I mean, you can buy beautiful purses, beautiful clothes, beautiful shoes at very reasonable prices. And for my uh, my itinerary, the document that I do for Tease Italy, when people consult with me, I have a whole section on shopping on my favorite shoe store in Trastevere, where to bring home great food products, Castronis. If you want to get a purse, go here. If you want this, go here. Um, yes, you can go to the Via Condotti, which is the famous street where you have all the, you know, the Prada shops and the Gucci, which is right by the Spanish steps. You can also stroll the Via del Corso, which is between the Piazza del Popolo and the Vittorio Emanuele. And it has shops of all kinds, of all different prices. Or you can go over to the, um, the Colo di Rienzo by the Vatican, which starts close to the Vatican and ends at the, at the Tiber River. Mm-hmm. And you can see all kinds of different shops there. So there's a variety of, of things to buy. And even when you're in towns like Assisi, they have beautiful clothes. They have beautiful religious objects. They have beautiful pottery and, and terracotta items. It's just gorgeous ceramics. So yes, we give people a lot of downtime because you need you need to do what I always say when I send people their documents is you need to, to learn the art of la dolce far niente, the art of doing nothing or the sweetness of doing nothing. That's part of being in Italy. After your day of touring, you sit down, you have a glass of wine or your cocktail, you watch the world go by. You take a two hour lunch, your pranzo, which is the biggest meal of the day for the Italians, and you really enjoy it and embrace it. If you don't have that time to, to sit and relax and refresh, everything is going to get jumbled and you're going to be exhausted by the end of the day. So we build in time for shopping, but also plenty of time for happy hour. Great. Teresa Tom is who we're talking to here on It's Your Community, Tease Italy. She's having her first, it's a premiere pilgrimage coming up in Italy. You can find out more, T, before you like go. Uh, give us the website, any other information you want to share with our listeners. Yeah, I would, I would really encourage people, um, even if they can't make the November pilgrimage, which is the 4th through the 16th, uh, if we if people decide to go on the extension otherwise, but it's early November, it's a great time. We're going to be in Rome, we're going to be in Assisi, Orvieto, and very romantic old towns north of Rome. Uh, it'll be about uh, eight or nine days. If we do the extension, it'll be uh, 11 days. TravelItalyExpert.com or also my homepage at TeresaTamio.com slash events. I, I have it also on my Facebook page as well. But I hope people will consider just checking out the website. And if they really want to do an Italy tour, even if they don't talk to us, talk to me, to think about, make sure that you have a guide, give yourself plenty of time and don't rush through Italy and don't put too much on your schedule. That's the the three best pieces of advice I can give people. Teresa, Tommy, always a pleasure talking with you. Thanks for joining us here in It's Your Community. 
Thanks, V. Thanks, T. Any questions, comments, you show topics you want us to get to, you can reach out to me, Vanessa Denhagarmo, at Epiphany Communications and Coaching. You could email me there or find me on any of my social media platforms and private message me, including on LinkedIn and Instagram and Epiphany Communications and Coaching on Facebook. As always, we remind you to connect, communicate, and collaborate with your community. Thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you next time. It's your community. A public affairs presentation of News Talk 760 WJR.